God, we love you. Thank you so much for who you are and for all you do. And God, we are excited for a new year. And uh, just we in, we're waiting in anticipation, God, to see what you do this year. We look back at 2018 and see everything that you did and, and, and all the ways in which you worked in our lives and in the, in the lives of our church. And, and we are just hungry for more, God. And so we, uh, we just ask your presence in this place. God, as we, as we begin this Rooted series and we talk about who we are and what we stand for and why and, and why it's important, I just pray that you would, you would just continue to move in this place, continue to move in our hearts and our minds, speak to us, shape us, change us if we need it, challenge us if we need it. God, we, we want to look more like you every single day. God, this morning, would you speak through me? Would it not be... My words that come out of my mouth, what would they be your words for your people on your day? God, we love you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I am so excited to start our new series. Uh, it's a new, in quotes, series as we do this every year. Every year we begin in the new year just talking about who we are and, and why we are that and, and why we feel called to be a people who connect and who grow and who serve. And so for the next three weeks, we're going we're gonna to be taking a look at that. The three weeks, including today, we're going to be taking a look at connect and grow and serve. But this is where God has put us right now as this church in this community. This is what he has called us to. He's called us to be a people who connect and grow and serve. And I have, I have no doubts that this is the, lead, the leadership of God, the direction of God. And as we follow him, that we will see some amazing things ahead. I firmly believe and have always believed that the best days for Fresno First Church are not behind but ahead. As we continue to follow God, as we continue to seek his face, as we continue to, to follow his leadership and his guidance and his direction, we're going to see some, some amazing things in store, some amazing things happen. So we're going to be spending the next three weeks, including this week, talking about where God is calling us, talking about our future, where God is leading us, and, and who we're meant to be. And it can be summed up in three words. They're on the back of your bulletin. They're... They look you right in the face when you walk into our foyer, connect, grow, and serve. It's who we are. It's what we're about. It's who God has called us to be. Connect is about connecting people with people, about building relationships, about building rela lasting relationships, deep relationships, a, a relationship that is more than just friendliness, but a, but a deep, lasting relationship. Grow is about connecting people with God. And not just in a come to Jesus moment, but, but in a sense that I have a hunger and I have a thirst for more of God, that I want more of His will in my life. I want more of His Word. I want God to move in and through me. I want to grow in Christ-likeness. That's what grow is all about. And serve is about connecting this God that we come to know and love and hopefully look like, connecting this God to the world. This is what serve is all about. It's a tangible expression of our growth. It's the, the gifts and the talents and strengths that God has given us as we use them out in the world. We connect God with the world. Connect, grow, serve. This is not just from me. This, this came out of a board meeting about a month after I, I got here. I met with our board, some of whom are, are still in this room, some of whom have, have, moved, have 
passed on. Even Wayne, Wayne Fox was in that room with us as we, we figured out all of this. And, and we just we got our whiteboard out. And we said, what do we want people at this church to look like? If God is to have his way with this church, what would the people in this church look like? And we begin to write things like we want, we, people would be compassionate. People would be caring. People would have just a hunger and a thirst for God. They would be devoted to, to his word. They would be devoted to prayer. They would be devoted to each other. They would be deep in their relationships. And as we looked at these 20 things or 30 things on this wall, we began to see this picture of connect and grow and serve because those three words were all over that wall. We felt pretty good about ourselves, I think, that night as we left, knowing that this is, this, this is where God, we felt confident, this is where God has us going. And we felt, I, I, at least me, I felt pretty good about myself that night. I felt pretty good about what we had done in that boardroom as we had figured this out. And, and, and it was just so obvious that this is where God was leading us. And then we began to talk, and then we began to, to read, and I realized how unoriginal we really were in this whole thing. Because this is not a, an original concept. Connect, Grow, Serve is not, a, not something that we, just, that we just made up. In fact, if you turn with me to Acts chapter 2, if you're in one of our pew Bibles on page 937, Acts, Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 42, you'll realize that Connect, Grow, Serve is, is not original at all to this church. It, it is original to the church, maybe, but not our church. All right, Acts chapter 2. Starting at verse 42. And I want you to just think about this, this passage in the context of connect and grow and serve. I want you to see if you can pick out what I'm talking about. Here's what it says. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, just know this. Pentecost has happened at this point. The Holy Spirit is on the scene and the church is being born and this is what the the first church the early church decided to be about they were about connect grow and serve they were devoted to each other they met in each other's homes they ate together with glad and sincere hearts right they these are these are the people they were devoted to the fellowship they were they were devoted to each other they were connected. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to prayer. They were devoted to, to knowing what, how, how, the, how the apostles would lead them towards what God had for them. They were about growing. And if anyone had need, they sold their possessions and gave to, to anyone who had need. They were about service. See, this is not an original thought. Connect, Grow, Serve is not original. In fact, as we, as we talk about Connect, Grow, Serve, really what we're trying to do is we're trying to emulate how the church was born in the very beginning. We're trying to be like the very first church. Here's what happens in the early church. Jesus 
goes back to heaven. The early church is born. And within a matter of weeks, months, years, the church has exploded. The church has boomed. Why? Because there is something different about these people. There is something different about the way that they act, the way they live, the way they love each other. There is something different about these people, and it's contagious. And the early church just, just blows up because of how they live and what they do. We'll see more about that in a little bit. But I just I wanna <clears throat> I wanna dive in this week to the very beginning of this. I think God has placed this vision, this Conecro Serve vision, on me, on our board, on our church, as we follow God's leadership. This is where we want to go. But I want to focus this morning on just this first piece of Connect. Last year during this message, I sat here, I stood here, I don't really sit when I preach, but I, I, I stood here and I talked to you about intimacy, about growing in, in relationships with one another and, and breaking down walls, breaking down barriers and becoming, becoming uh, closer together, breaking down these walls where we can be a more intimate people. And I stand here today, I just, I just want a word of encouragement from your pastor this morning. I have seen that this year. I have seen relationships grow and boom. I have seen people become close. I've seen relationships grow. I've seen, I've seen the intimacy that we talked about last year happen. And so as I was getting ready for this week, I just began thinking, God, how do I take Connect to the next level? How do we take the next step to be a church who's about Connect? Because it is, it's, more about, it's more than just being friends with one another. It's more than just being, being close to one another. There's, there's another level here. And so as I was, as I was thinking about that, I was, I was in the shower and a prayer of Scripture just shot into my mind and I couldn't get it out. And it's a prayer from, from Paul in Romans chapter 15. If you want to turn there with me, Romans just the next, the next book after Acts. Romans chapter 15. We're going to start in verse 5. <clears throat> and Paul will, Paul will do this in his letters. You'll see Paul do this. In fact, I think I even did a series about it a few years ago. Paul, when he writes letters to his people, he prays for his people. And he prays for his people in a very specific way. He prays a prayer, and then he tells them why he's praying this prayer. We call them the so that prayers of Paul. Paul, Paul prays these prayers so that something will happen. And this, in this chapter, in, in Romans chapter 15, <clears throat> starting at verse 5, I want to just read this. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to just read this prayer again. This prayer is one that just shot in my mind. I couldn't get out of it as I felt like, God, where do you want us to go this year? How do we connect on another level? And here's the prayer that came into my mind. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind, and one voice, you may glorify the God 
and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He continues, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. That is a big prayer. It is a short prayer, but that is a big, deep prayer. What is he, what is he praying here? He's praying that we would be one. He's praying that we would be united so that we would glorify God. How many of you want to glorify God? I want this church to be a church that glorifies God. That's, that's been my prayer for the last few years, that we would be a church that glorifies God. And this prayer, as I'm thinking about Connect, is we need to be one. We need to be united. And, and he says this. I, I want to just dig deeper into what he's saying here. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. Well, what is that attitude? Well, Luckily, we don't have to go back very far to see what Jesus, Jesus had in mind for our relationships with one another. If you just go back to John, which is past Acts, one book, right? You just go back a little bit. John chapter 17, <clears throat> here's what he says. This is, these are words of Jesus here. This is what he prays for us believers. John chapter 17, starting at verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That is you and that is me if we believe in the message of Jesus Christ. If we have said yes to the gospel, if we believe in the gospel, this is for you and for me. This is the prayer that Jesus prays over you and over me. Just think about that for a second. Jesus prays this prayer over you. That all of them may be one, Father. Just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I want to just stop right there even. May they be one, Father, just as you and I are one. Why? So that the world may know that you have sent me. Paul prays for unity. He prays that we would have the same attitude of mind toward each other that Jesus Christ had, which is what? That we would be united. Both pray for unity so that God would be glorified and so that the world would know that Jesus came. And so as we think about connect this year, as we think about how to take connect deeper than just building relationships and getting to know each other really well, how do we, how do, what, what is the next thing that we pray for? I think the next thing that we pray for is unity. That we might be one. One in mind, one in voice, so that we would glorify our God in heaven. And I, wanna, I don't want to lose sight of, of the importance of building relationships. I don't want to lose sight of the importance of breaking down these barriers and, and building intimacy with one another like we talked about last, week, last year. But I do want to, to kind of take this up a notch. Let's turn it up to 11 here. And let's say, hey, it's not just about building up relationships. It's about, it's about being one. It's about being united of one heart, one mind, one spirit, one Lord, one baptism. We see all, these, all this language in Scripture about being one. 
I want to focus on, on what it means to be one. And so why, why should we pray this prayer? This is kind of the question I want to answer this morning. Why should we pray together that we would be one? Because I want this prayer that Jesus prayed and that Paul prayed over the church in Rome to be our prayer. That we would have the same attitude of mind toward one another that Jesus Christ had. That we would be one. That we would be united. That we would have a unity in this church. That we would have a bond in this church that is deeper than just we know each other. But it's a unity that brings glory to God. So why should we pray this prayer? Well, first reason is because we desperately need each other in the church. We desperately need each other in the church. We cannot do this alone. We desperately need each other in the church. In fact, Paul talks about this in the book of Romans, just a, a couple chapters before chapter 15, in Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 3. He says this, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I think Paul probably could have gone on and on and on here and said, if your gift is blank, then do it. <laughs> Basically is what he's saying. If you have a gift, then use it according to your faith and do it diligently. Do it well. Do it right. If you have a gift, do it. See, we all have gifts and abilities that God gave us. Every single one of us. We are, and we are all designed to fit together. See, I, I see the church and I see the people of God kind of like I see a mosaic. A mosaic is made up of all these, these pieces of tile. Some of them broken, some of them cracked, some of them carved. It doesn't really matter. But when you put all of these pieces of tile, pieces of, of broken things together, that just makes a, a beautiful image. That's how I see the church. We all have our unique gift, our unique talent. We all, we all have that little, that little tile. It's not until we put it in the context of the bigger picture, in this case the church, that we see the beauty of what we have been given. See, some of us, we, we just think, well, I can't pray like this person, or I can't sing like this person, or I can't lead like this person, and that's, that's, that's a normal thought. I mean, we live in a culture that focuses on our weaknesses. All you need to do is watch a commercial or two today, and they're going to tell you what you need and why you need it, because you're not good enough in this certain area. All right, we get this pushed on us all the time. You can't drive down the highway without seeing a billboard of, you need this, because if you don't have this, then what are you doing with your life? 
Right? We have this constant push of, of we're not good enough. We, we, we can't make it on our own. We need this product or we need this thing or we need, we need all of this in our lives to be able to be the person that we want to be, which is, it's, it's just not true. Right? We can contribute. God has given each and every one of us a, a gift, a talent, an ability that is to be used for his glory within the context of the church. We're meant to be here. We are meant to be united. You have something to contribute that someone else doesn't. For example, me. My biggest weakness is communication. I'm not talking about standing and speaking in front of people. I'm talking about returning phone calls and texts and emails in a timely fashion. Not my strength. Sorry to any of you who who know that too well. But God gave me a partner in life, Rachel, who is super detail-focused. She'll wake up in the middle of the night, wake me up and be like, did you call this person? Did you do this? Did you do that? She wakes up with just lists in her mind. It, it just... Here's, a, here's a, a funny thing about Rachel. She's not in here, so I can say this. This is how Rachel relaxes. You ready for this? She will sit on the couch, and she will make a list of all the things that she needs to do. That is relaxing to her. Let me just sit and think about all the things that need to get done. Like, for me, when I relax, like... There's no list making. There's, no, there's nothing going on. Like, I'm just, I just want to sit and be. Like, that's relaxing to me. Like, we are opposite people, but put together, and in this case, in the context of marriage, it works really well. Right? The same is true in the church. We all have these, these strengths and these weaknesses, but I guarantee in your weak spot, there is someone here that is strong in that spot, that if we would join together, if we would be united, that God can do some beautiful things through us. God can paint a beautiful picture through this church. It can be a beautiful mosaic of all the people who put everything in and say, here's what I've got to offer. And here's the, here's the cool thing about the mosaic. Each of those tiles, none of those tiles get to choose where they go in the mosaic. None of those tiles get to choose which part of the picture they are. But when they all go together, it's beautiful. We need to be united. We need to be one. All right, Paul even, again, talks through some of this in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says this, starting at verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I, should, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, <clears throat> where would the sense of smell be? 
But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, and he, keeps, he goes through some of these parts, but I, I want to just, now you are the body of Christ, and now each one of you is a part of it. We desperately need each other. This is why we pray for unity. Here's another reason we pray for unity. So that the world will see God's love through us. So that the world will see God's love <clears throat> through us. Back in Romans chapter 15, that verse 7 is kind of just seems like it's kind of just tacked on, but I want to talk about that. It says, Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. This word accept in verse 7, this, this very first word accept, the Greek word is super long. I'm not going to try to, not going to, try to, to say it out loud right now, but here's what it means it means to welcome. And not just to welcome, but to welcome with open arms, to embrace, and to walk hand in hand from that point on. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you. Just as Jesus accepted us. If you're curious about how Jesus accepted you, while we were still sinners, God accepted us. While we were still on the opposing team, God said, I want that one. I want you. I choose you. I love you. While we were not with him, before we even said yes, we were accepted by the God who created us, who loves us, who desires a relationship with us. We were accepted, and it says to accept one another in this same way. Man, what a powerful image. To accept one another. No matter what, no matter when, no matter how, no matter why, no matter where, called to accept each other. Just as Jesus accepted us. That means I need to accept you and you need to accept me, even in my sin, even in my weakness, even if I hurt you or you hurt me. We're to accept each other. And Jesus, the, the cool thing is Jesus told us exactly what would happen if we did this in John chapter 13. We're staying in this pocket, by the way, in John, Acts, 
Romans, 1 Corinthians. We're going to be there. John chapter 13, verse 34. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Right? We have the accept one another just as Christ accepted you in, in Romans chapter 15. Here's what the book of John says. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. By this, here's, here's another thing that everyone will know. All right, if we are one, everyone will know that Jesus was sent by God. That Jesus was sent to save them. That Jesus was sent because he loves them. That Jesus, they will know that Jesus was sent. And if we love one another, it says the world will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Right, we, we have to love one another. Why? We have to be united. Why? Because if we are, everyone will know. Here's the third reason we pray for this. <clears throat> pray for unity because we can do so much more together. We can do so much more together. Acts chapter 4 is just another snapshot into this early church. Here's what, here's what happens in Acts chapter 4 starting at verse 32. To 35. All the believers were one in heart and mind. Remember, this is the prayer. This is literally the exact words that, that Paul uses in Romans, that we would be of one heart and mind. Here's what happens when we're in one heart and mind. All the believers were in one heart, were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. All that there were, sorry. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money to the sa- from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. I want you to just see this, this phrase, though, that the grace of God was so powerfully at work within them all. Not just within some of them, not just within the apostles. It was powerfully at work within them all. And every need was met. And who was it met by? It was met by, by the family of God. When people stopped looking at themselves as individual Christians and started to see themselves as part of a larger body. The grace of God was so powerfully at work in them all. Every single need was met by the, by the body of Christ. And now I think we, we do ourselves a disservice in this context sometimes because we talk a lot about having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I've preached that over and over. We need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is true. We do need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But this relationship has to be held in context of a larger church. You cannot do it on your own, and you weren't meant to do it on your own. Jesus, one of the last things he did was leave us with a body. Leave us with a group of people that we could do it with. So yeah, we do need to have a personal relationship, but we need it in the context of a church. We need it in the context of the body of Christ. We need to be a piece of the body of Christ. It's being, being connected. See, we need each other. We desperately need each other. 
And we pray for unity because we need each other. We pray for unity because through that unity, the world will know not only that Jesus was sent by God for them, but they will know that we are his disciples. They will know that something is different about this group of people by the way that we love each other, by the way that we're connected to each other, by the way that we're united. And we can do so much more together. I mean, I go back to this mosaic imagery. As a single tile, you can't really do much. In fact, if, if I were just to see one of these broken single tiles just kind of sitting around, the thing that I would think of first is, that's a piece of garbage right there. I need to throw it away. It's broken. It takes an artist to put all of these pieces together. And together, we make a beautiful image. We have the greatest artist of all time putting us together in one body. And he did it for a purpose. That we would show the image of him to the world. See, when we're united, that picture that we paint, that picture that we put together through our mosaic looks a whole lot like Jesus. And the world will know that we are one. The world will know that this Jesus was sent by God for them. The world will know that we are different, that we are his disciples by the way that we love one another, by the way that we are united, by the way that we connect. This is what it means to be a church that connects. My prayer this year it's for unity, that we will be one in heart, one in mind, one in voice, so that we may glorify our Father in heaven, that we might glorify Jesus Christ, and that we might show the world who he is and why he came, and we would do that through our lives together. That's what it is to be connected. Let's pray. God, we love you. We're thankful for you. We're thankful for your message. God, we're thankful for this message of unity that you, that you give us, that you drive us towards, God. God, you call us to be one, and we want to be one. God, this prayer that, that Paul prayed over his people, that they would be of, of one mind and one spirit so that they would glorify you. And the prayer that, that Jesus prays, that we would be one just just as you and him are one, so that the world would know. God, it's a, it's, these, are, these are huge prayers. It's not a small thing. And it's easy to, 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 to sit here and listen to this call to be united and to say, well, I think we are united. But God, when we focus on ways in which we're not, ways in which we could be more united, and when we chase those Pursue that as you guide us. God, we love you. We give you praise. We want to be people who connect, grow, serve. You're calling us to that, God. Would you help us along the way? In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray this prayer blessing, and then we'll have...
couple minutes, and then in three or four minutes, we'll come up and do some time of anointing. But let me just say this word of prayer for you, over you, this word of blessing over you. May the God who gives encouragement and endurance give you the same attitude of mind that Christ Jesus had toward each other. May you accept one another just as Christ has accepted you. May you love one another just as Christ has loved you. And may we take this unity, may we take what we have and what we build, and may we go out into our community and make a difference in our community, wherever that may be. Go in the peace and the love and the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.